0: The Adventures of Pete and Pete premiered on November 28th, 1993, on Nickelodeon. Let's put 23 minutes on the clock. Pilot study with Chris and Grimes. They're talking all of your favorite shows, but only the pilot episode. That means the first show in case you didn't know. If you never know show the to- And that's the premise behind Pilot Study. Hello and welcome to Pilot Study episode number 38. My name is Chris Lantinen and I'm joined, as always, he drives clean, he always has, it's Grimes! Uh,
1: Hello, sir.
0: Welcome, sir. How are you doing in the post-Trump America? That will be our only mention of the present-day... Current political situation, as we as we like to remain timeless on this podcast, not time sensitive.
1: Not time sensitive, but assuming we are allowed to continue this venture, yes. Um, and and free speech continues. I will say that I <laughs> I am uh, hanging in there. Okay. I guess I, I don't know what to say.
0: We will we will not be doing the Apprentice. Um, we would not put ourselves through that punishment, and we will not be doing anything even tangentially related to donald trump we're just going to ignore his existence on this program for
1: that is going to be my strategy for the next four to (laughs) 40 years depending on how long don jr holds power
0: (laughs) today we are talking the adventures of pete and pete and we are finishing out our Blank and Blank Theme Month. Uh, you can catch up by going to our SoundCloud if you start at Rick and Morty. We have also done Dharma and Greg and Keenan and Kel this month. And we're doing our second Nickelodeon program to close out this batch of episodes. And, I mean, I, I love this show. I thought it was probably the best one out of the four. I think, I, if well, I don't know, Rick and Morty's pretty good. If I had to rank them, I'd probably put those as 1A, 1B, then Dharma and Greg and then Keenan and Kel. I don't know what are oh, you. I are disagree. Your, what are your month rankings?
1: I go Rick and Morty, then this, then Keenan, then Dharma. I
0: thought I thought you uh, were on the uh, the Dharma and Greg is charming level with me, or was it just yeah, you, was it just you was, stick me for you?
1: I was. I don't hate it. I think that would be the easy way out. I looked for things to like about it, and I found plenty. But I, you know, Keenan is my man. I still like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So, uh, this is my first time watching this. I don't know. Was it your first same, time? Same okay. here. Um, I, knew, I knew it by its cult-like soundtrack. Uh, it had this Record Store Day vinyl release, but I really knew nothing uh, of the show. And when the soundtrack got released, I was very much under the impression that it was animated. And I was continually under that impression until... Mm-hmm. Until I actually pressed play. So that, that, was, that was an interesting uh, uh, little twist in my mind. Uh, was this something that was at least around you when you grew up? Were you like, did friends watch it? Or is this like completely fresh, new experience?
1: This is one of those ones that actually I think would have been age appropriate for me. My friends definitely watched it. I remember Sudi was and I believe still is a big fan of this. Um, so this was right up my alley. I can't believe I missed it. I think I really would have liked this. Maybe, maybe my broadcast didn't have Nickelodeon in 93. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that year was a rough
0: year. <laughs> Uh, so it um it's actually started in 1989 and the show started as this series of 26 like 1 minute segments that they would put in between things like in commercial breaks and yeah. then and yeah and then it eventually evolved into these half hour specials they did 5 of those and finally Um, As this this oral history kind of little breakdown said, they finally earned enough confidence and money from Nickelodeon to become three seasons of 34 episodes of half-hour shows. So just just, um, taking that into account and the fact that they had um, at least 35 minutes from those minute segments and at least 35 different mini storylines and those five half-hour specials. (laughs) You know, you would think that something like this shouldn't have this strong of a voice coming out of the gate, but it knows exactly how weird it wants to be. It it knows exactly where it wants to draw the line in regard to absurdity, and I think that's the benefit of having all of those, that that material in the bank before actually having to create a pilot. They probably didn't feel totally beholden to... Uh, introduce everyone in the expositional manner. They could introduce them through uh, through action, uh, knowing that their audience has already glimpsed some of their antics and already knows a little bit of their personality. Like there's this freeze tag um, one minute segment they did that I watched, and they freeze Little Pete, and then they forget that they froze him, and he stays out there <laughs> all night. <laughs> it's charming, and it introduces his like ridiculous arm tattoo, and the vibe is like firmly established. Like you know right away at least watching from 2016, you know that this is going to be like Malcolm in the Middle with a little less of a mean streak, you know? This Mm -hmm. is going to be like indie rock weirdness transported into like a Nick show body. So I think that those, um, that prior material was really, really important to get to this point.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with everything you said. For being Nickelodeon, it's I don't like to use the word edgy, I guess, but it does have a bit of sarcasm to it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um and I like that the narration it's kind of like Wonder Years arrested development.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because the narrator is like has a very distinct tone to his voice too. So he uses it.
0: It's very optimistic uh, and right. um, kind of kind of as it was in Arrested Development. The optimism,
1: like a Michael he's like a Michael Bluth it seems like.
0: <laughs> well he 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 is the sense of the family right. and it's it's funny I didn't know that it was the older brother that was talking. I was kind of of the mindset that it would be the younger brother that um, took the lead because they don't really show who's talking until I think, I think he's like hanging out a window at some point and he's talking and they're zooming in on his face. I'm like, Oh, okay. Okay. It's definitely the older brother that is um, that's taking the lead here. So uh, that was another thing that um, was a little bit of a surprise to me. What else do you think in this pilot in particular was really like voice defining? Like, was there anything that you picked up or any sequence or any, like, gag that you thought, this is what the show is, just coming out of the gates?
1: Well, Dad as the buffoon is pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. Um, They they use that to some great comedic effect, I think. Right away, the road trip is a perfect scenario for a pilot because you know there's going to be, like character definitions then there's going to be a challenge or struggle and then they're going to overcome and come together and you'll see how the characters you know interact right so using a road trip in that way was pretty good um other than that i mean i liked mom a lot they make her kind of the she's a victim with the kids and i like shows like that too you know they're kind of like surviving dad together like simpsons sort of Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah that was, was the main stuff i picked up on
0: there was definitely a lot of Malcolm in the Middle in this. There was the breaking the fourth wall, or there was a lot of this in Malcolm in the Middle. There was the breaking of the fourth wall. It was this kind of like really intimate camera work, like where it was almost like claustrophobic at times and slightly shaky. Like it wasn't like super defined and we could talk more about the camera work later. The confessions are from a kid who's like obviously way more intelligent than even his parents.
1: Yeah. That's but Malcolm. Yeah. On the dot.
0: Yeah. And I think like just like transition based comedy was something that Malcolm the Middle really like thrived in. And here, here they're all about like nailing the editing of this episode and the structure. Yeah. And, um, little you know tricks that they're able to pull out of that I do have some quotes here that we can use there was a split sider like feature apparently Nickelodeon did this big oral history book and they just broke down the Pete and Pete aspects and uh Mick Robb who is I guess I should do some of the um some of the actual people on here real quick if I can actually find my list all right, so this was, let's go over some of the people real quick. The creators were Will McRobb and Chris Viscardi. Uh, it starred as Big Pete Wrigley, Michael C. Morona, Little Pete Wrigley. Wrigley's a great last name. Danny Tamborelli, uh, Judy Graff played Joyce Wrigley, who was the mom. And Don Wrigley was played by a great actor name of Hardy Rawls. <laughs> So that was that was pretty nice. In terms of some of these quotes that they're they're kind of talking about, like the indie nature of Nickelodeon at that time, and how they could kind of sort of do what they wanted. And they're they're they called it the anti Disney. They said Disney was about a certain way of looking at childhood, and Nickelodeon was about trying to capture what was a little more real about being a kid. And so we. We felt fiercely proud of that identity, especially in the promo department. That analogy of a collective or independently-minded creative people banding together to do something that was subversive. And, I mean, just that description alone brings to mind all of the aspects of the indie music scene. And it's no surprise that they, like, brought in an indie music guy who formed this house band for the show, and it, the music has such a, a such an identity. And McRob also said, let's tell a story the way kids tell stories. You know how kids tell stories. They kind of go all over the place. And for that, they're amazing. And I think in this episode, you can see that with the graphic, um, the way in which the rival family, like, approaches, similar to, like, the Terminator. You know, it's right. definitely, like, over-exaggeration to the point... Um, where again, a lot of those cuts can be can be comedy. A lot of the cinematography can double function as comedy, and where again, it it can take on like that that kiddish aspect to it. Let's just go on to um, some of your favorite sequences in the episode. What was one of your favorites?
1: Well, I like the um, the bathroom stop.
0: Okay, when they and when that... they first meet the the rival family, they go on this road yeah. trip and they run into. The dad claims that he is the king of the road, even though he does not have <laughs> the right license plate. But what they do find is that there is another family traveling out there where their dad does have that king of road license plate, and he is the master. And so there's this immediate rivalry set up. But what else happens at the at the uh, truck stop there? Well, it
1: just, as an aside, I wondered if I should tell um, our bathroom stop story from one of the first <laughs> times we hung out. <laughs>
0: Uh, okay. I mean, it's up to you, because it's really more so embarrassing for you. But, uh, I mean, I'll sit and listen to it again. It's a great story.
1: All right. Well, I mean, I'll try to tell it quickly, but, um, so when we went to see Kanye, we did not have a hotel room. We stayed with these people who, needless to say, did not provide the accommodations that a <laughs> hotel would have. Right. Such as, like, a bathroom that I would step foot in. Hmm. And so, anyway, we stay up all night uh, listening to Kanye and then till like 3 a.m. doing various other activities. Mm -hmm. Get up at 6 a.m. basically to hit the road. It's a snowstorm and we get halfway back to Edinburgh. And I have to go to the bathroom and it strikes me at a time when we're driving and I can't help myself. (laughs) And so I've probably been friends with Chris for four to six weeks at this time, maybe yeah. eight weeks. Yeah. Hung out twice, mostly in a classroom setting. And, uh, yeah, I almost had to let loose in front of you on the side of the road.
0: Well, I mean, you did let loose. in fr- and, and actually, the story goes that while you were let- letting loose on the side of the highway where cars could probably plainly see you, <clears throat> I was acting <laughs> as the human shield.
1: You were basically <laughs> a human shield.
0: With We were basically back-to-back while you were uh, doing the deed. So, yeah, that that's our that's our disgusting road trip story, I hope. Not. And that's
1: what this reminded me of, so mm-hmm. I just wanted to share that with the audience so but, that they could but, get to know us and then what's invest also,
0: more. Let's also mention that it was in winter time, right? Oh, you it was said, freezing you said, cold, yeah. You said it was in a, a snowstorm, so you couldn't, like... You couldn't go to the woods or anything. It literally, much. the snow in Pennsylvania is basically if you step off the highway one step, you're, you're in, dead. You're in knee deep snow. Yeah. <laughs> so you yeah, can't go I into mean, the woods because you'll it will be like to your chest.
1: You won't make it. That's like going into the wild. You're just out there. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's really it's really really bad. Um, I, I got anyway. a couple a couple random questions for you. Who was okay. who was the little character that they had? Was it like an X Men character that they had on top of the car? That little Pete had on top of the car.
1: Um, I didn't catch that detail. If there was like
0: honest. if anybody knows and can email me or message me, there's like a little um, like comic book character that they sit on the front of the car, like and and. In, in place of the logo, the car logo. And I I I thought it might be Apocalypse from X Men, but he looks really small. So if anybody sees that and knows what it is, let me know. Um so yeah, they're they're going on this road trip. They they got the family station wagon and they get to this truck stop and they meet the rival family. Big Pete uh meets a a love, basically.
1: Yeah, and, love interest introduced.
0: <laughs> yes, a love interest introduced. We find out that both families are going to the Hoover Dam. And so this, this idea of, because at the beginning of the episode, they list the three things that makes their father king of the road. And yes. one of them, and possibly the funniest, is the fact that it's all about making good time. Around ...over the years by being the best on the road in the three major dad driving categories. One never asking for directions no matter what two roof stack packing and three the true measure of dad greatness making good time on the road
1: yeah i noted those three things and they are all very true
0: the making good time becomes more and more and more important in that they have to make better time than the family they basically have to beat them to the location, so I, what I what I think happens is he drives all through the night, because by the next morning he is bearded almost. <laughs> <laughs> he has like a five o'clock shadow, and the story kind of takes off from there. I really I love the moment where they're driving past like. A family that's not good travelers and he yells out the window hey nice snack buddy <laughs> yeah yeah he's like insulting the his
1: this dude as a human like yeah. families like that don't deserve the, the beaver day or the hoover dam
0: yeah he said Hoover's dam is too good for a family like that he said he can't even look at me he's too ashamed <laughs> I, I just i guess i love the reality uh that they set up in this episode it's almost kind of like uh, Mad Max mixed with family road trip in that like when the when the rival family comes up behind them they blink their lights twice like it's like this monster approaching right. and I love that it's like and there's no other cars on the road so it's almost like this post-apocalyptic like wasteland of a family trip I really I, I love the vibe and the atmosphere and the uh kind of the cinematic stuff that they pull from Terminator and Mad Max and things like that. Um, not that term Was Terminator released at this time? 93?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. T2 was like 94, I think.
0: Oh, okay. So the first one. So I'm thinking... Of, oh, no. Terminator 2 was 91. So it, yeah. it could have pulled some visual stuff from there. Any let's, what, what are some of your other random notes that we can jump into here?
1: Well, I just... Um, before we talk about camera work and stuff, I just one thing you were mentioning about like the dad is that families eventually they sink into routines and their parents, you accept that your life as it is. So you find this ridiculous pride in things like, like stacking fucking luggage on a car. There are real (laughs) people that like I've met that get such joy out of that. And when a TV show nails a, a life detail like that, it is so real and it endears me right away. And, you mentioned too like how the hell were we not watching this growing up and i don't know like i i'm gonna maybe watch this now
0: yeah it's it's tempting to continue i don't know if it like what, what would really what really helps is that the guest stars and like the place that this comedy had was so indie and so cool at the time like janine garofalo and chris elliott and michael stipe and the magnetic fields and apples and stereo like these are like the the most underground, not the most right. underground. Two but of those. But that would be two, like the arcade
1: fire right now, and like you know.
0: It would be, I think, even smaller than that. It it, it would be. I, now I'm blanking for names. Two of those people were on SNL, so it's not the most indie thing ever. But Michael Stipe appearing on a show, just lends it some some cool points, you know. Yeah, sure, sure. And and I and I can dig that. Um, let me see if I got any more uh, random notes. So. <laughs> uh the amount of elbow room so there's a a point in the episode where basically they say that the amount the elbow hangs out of the car is the amount of confidence that the dad has i love that um i I like it that the kids are the two brothers are friends of course pete and pete big pete little pete Uh, i like that they're friends and they're not mortal enemies that's like a big difference than what we usually get
1: yeah, most shows they go for that low hanging fruit and pit them again, like, mm-hmm. you know, again, to, to reference The Simpsons, obviously, or mm-hmm. um, Malcolm in the Middle. But then I guess in Malcolm in the Middle, they come together for schemes and shit.
0: They do, but, the, you know, if it's like a girl or something, they, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. not like helping each other. You know, another one? Go ahead.
1: I was just wondering to what extent the mom being able to pick up the radio with her head like carries <laughs> on as a theme. Like, do they use that a lot? Does it ever come I in know. handy? Like, I oh, we want to <laughs> skip. We want to skip school to listen to the baseball game. Let's use mom's head.
0: I love the scene. Absolutely love the scene where she is looking for the perfect place to go to the bathroom. And they cut to her, and it's like uh, gone ga- or not like a sound of music.
1: Yeah, yeah, she's like frolicking in a field.
0: <laughs> yeah, that uh, what I even love even more is that the dad fires a flare to get her back. <laughs> that made me laugh Such so hard idiot. when he pulled the flare. Flare got out. This has to find the perfect spot. How does she know when she finds it? She knows.
1: Maybe your mother needs a that we're in kind of a rush here.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, I thought I thought it was actually Selma Blair that was playing the love interest for a long time, um, and it wasn't. But apparently, she does guest in this show in an episode called "The Bus." so wow. she, she is somewhere in the uh, in the series not in the pilot but she the girl looked like selma blair uh, another malcolm in the middle pete and pete reference point is that the dad is very brian cranston like in that he's like a pretty normal dude but he can go insane in a split second
1: yeah yeah short <laughs> short fuse
0: very short fuse but not even like angry short fuse like manic it's yeah. it's more like a manic short fuse. The Wacko the Wacko with the remote control, Little Pete is, has like this remote control device <laughs> that he, he can open garage doors with and yeah. and the cutaway to the guy under the garage door like screaming for his life. Then <laughs> when they're roof stacking, the wife screams, "Take him down, Don. Take him down hard." There's I mean there's just so many like great lines in this in this pilot and um Perfect editing touches. It's just a really well-made and weird and, like, weird shots and different-looking show. And I guess that's what I really respected about it.
1: And then you also have to remember the time it was made, how different it would have been. Like, now we can see it, it's different right away, but put it in the context of 93 when you're looking at shit like Home improvements. Right. and, you know, just terrible, god-awful shit like Full House. Yeah, it's...
0: <laughs> Just like this like
1: the anti TGIF, you know. It, re- this is like it really is. Shit.
0: It really is. And then putting like the Chinese ornament on top of the car and a gong going off, like it's dumb. Yeah, yeah. It's dumb, but it's funny. Uh, so there is like that immature. There is that immaturity present, and what you'd expect out of a Nick show. But like little Pete yelling, "We're mutants!" <laughs> it's like, like this is
1: almost a Fox show that snuck its way onto Nickelodeon. It, it, it
0: really seems. is. It re- it really has that not edge, but. Like you said, there's not. It's not edgy in any way. It's just, it's weird, and that's cool. Like even today, like if you put this show out, people will be like, I don't know. This just feels different. And yeah, I, think, I agree. I think that really speaks to its longevity. We're, not perfect, Dad. We're just us. We're mutants. <laughs> well, you're right. Um. We're so a, f- a few of the other actors that are in this show, Toby Huss is the strong man that they see for a second. He's hanging out oh, on this bridge. Okay. And yeah. he's, he's an actor who's got a really great role on Halt and Catch Fire right now. So he's still working. He's still great. Um, Hardy Rawls, he plays the dad. And he makes little appearances on shows over the years, a couple of Law and Orders, Daria, Judging Amy, but not, not big. Uh, big Pete was in Home Alone. Not much else. Uh, Little Pete wasn't in much else. Um, Jeff Pearson, he plays the rival dad, and this is a guy who was in Dexter, which is going to be our next episode, Boardwalk Empire. He was. Oh, well, that was my game. The... Yeah, he was the. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Sorry. It's all
1: good, dude. It's cool. Uh, Twenty-four.
0: That came up though. Twenty-four. He was the president for a couple years. And he's also been in The Firm and Castle, The Brink, West Wing, Sabrina, Grace Under Fire. That I mean, that guy's worked a ton, and he's probably the yeah. worked worked the most out of any of these. Um, a couple other notable things: Michael Allen Spiller shot the pilot. Uh, he's an Emmy winner at this point. He shot an episode of Modern Family, a Halloween one that won an Emmy, or directed it. Uh, he's also shot mini projects, Scrubs, New Girls, The wow. Office, an episode called The Search, and of course the music is guy by a guy named Mark. Uh, Mul- Mulcahy? Or, I don't really know how to pronounce it. I, I apologize. I'm not a fan. Um, but he does the music. He was formerly of a band called Miracle Legion and then they formed Polaris for this show. Hey Sandy is the name of the intro song. And it's the most popular thing to come out of it. But people love all the, all the music and people really scarfed up that um, that vinyl pressing. I think that was gone. That was one of the most popular ones that year just in terms of buzz and um it's selling out really quick it, they didn't make a lot of copies of it so it wasn't on like the seller's list or anything but people were really oh, okay. people were really excited about it it's Molly you look good happily in oh, Can or oh, have you picked your target yet That's, Good. yeah that's cool um any other uh, random notes that you want to bring up
1: <laughs> no just um about the way it looked the only thing i really noticed is that everything around that time especially once you get into like the mid 90s mm-hmm. stuff everything started to look like a music video because that was the big that was like our internet <laughs> i guess like if you were in the the teen angst years in the mid 90s like everything looked that way but this this again was a little bit ahead of its time with tv being shot like that i guess that was to get the kiddies interested
0: i mean the the title talk is basically it's basically a music yeah it's video. a video yeah yeah, but it's, it's a cool one and there's like a ghost biking scene did you ever ghost bike stuff where you'd ride it and then throw it off and then throw it yeah but we didn't have
1: the foresight to like film it and do funny shit like that no, we would just no. do it like throw our bike down a hill and then have to go get it
0: yeah uh, the king was going to have to def- fight to defend his crown. I like that line. Uh, mom was so upset about dad's behavior she couldn't fold the map.
1: Yeah, um, that shit was funny.
0: That was really good. I actually thought the mom was probably the weakest, like, pure actress or actor on the show. I think her. Line, they didn't give her a lot. Yeah. Yeah, her line readings were very stilted. I don't know if it was intentionally off-putting, um, but it was. It It belonged in the reality they were creating, like this weirdness, but. I think she was probably the weakest. And then, of course, the line I used I used to introduce you, I drive clean. I always have. Yeah. <laughs> As he's like, what is he, like going to speed a little bit?
1: Yeah, they were like going 55 and a 55. And I don't understand, <laughs> you know, there are people down here now, I noticed, that don't even go the speed limit. Like that means you. that's how fast you should at least be going to me.
0: Yeah, you can't be going slower than that. That's like, you can get a ticket for that too, can't you?
1: You should. I mean, even here, like, if the road's 55, don't go 50. Like, go 60. Right.
0: Um, I also enjoy... Public service announcement. <laughs> I also enjoy the moment where he says, I don't think this is about making good time anymore. Like, it's entered this, like, new phase of the game. Right. <laughs> uh, I think that's about... Oh, I do have one review. It's from the AV Club, and they kind of revisited it in 2011. And it talks about... Um, Don being the dad being into the dam because it harnesses nature and according to Big Pete that's what being a dad's all about Don wants to turn the boys into something useful like a dam makes water into electricity and the review writer says it might sound kind of domineering but if you think about it it's kind of sweet like the dam he just wanted to do the best he could with the raw materials hopefully making sweet sweet music along the way just like the beautiful hum of the dam's electricity the Song of the Dam. That was written by Maura Eakin. She is a writer. She is an editor now for the AV Club. So that was from Maura Eakin.
1: We'll Edit. leave it to the AV Club to pull that out of a Nickelodeon pilot.
0: <laughs> That's that was a pretty deep dive, and I enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> any any final thoughts?
1: No, I um, I liked it. I think yep. we actually covered every single thing I wrote down. So um, this was a good one. I enjoyed it.
0: This is a good one. This is a great way to end our blank and blank theme month. You know, I think this is one we get we have to return to because we never got to Ren and Stimpy. Ah, um, uh, yeah. We never got to uh,
1: Beavis like, and ButtHead.
0: Beavis and ButtHead, Sanjay and Craig, featuring our famous or our favorite podcaster—that's sarcastic, Chris Hardwick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I mean, yeah. There's there's certainly a lot of uh, a lot of these types of shows that. We need to still hit on Beavis and ButtHead definitely. Even though it doesn't have the music videos anymore, I think I've watched the pilot recently and it's still very funny. Huh. So, yeah, it, th- that sucks. It. That like shows like that that have that are really music based. Besides this one, I think a lot of them are really gutted, and that kind of sucks.
1: Yeah, I can't get all the rights and stuff.
0: It helps that this show had like the house band. And had mm-hmm. music that was written specifically for it because with Beavis and Butthead and those music videos, and basically using the MTV license for their advantage, like you just can't, unless, can't like, do it, you, the DVDs just don't do it for you anymore, and that sucks. That really sucks. All right, well, let's uh let's wrap this up next month. We are doing uh, <laughs> so. Explain your rationale in this because, um, your logic. I have to say your logic is a little bit flawed. Although I'm all for going for it.
1: Well, my logic on the next month's choices, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, I've just, you know, been trying to find a cathartic use of of media. I want to feel better. You know, I feel like mm-hmm. shit all the time now, basically. And uh, I thought, why not watch some some murder? So let's do murder month and just pick out four shows that are. Yeah. Just chuck full of violence to to just we can all watch it together and think about it and
0: now the and way feel it the way you pitched it was that you wanted to feel better after the election and all the fallout <laughs> and so right. the natural choice yes would be to watch people getting chopped up
1: just all the and... violence we can fit
0: <laughs> all the violence we can fit into a single month just to kind of let us let loose I guess
1: that's yeah. right man and no network like real cable blood <laughs> yeah. like...
0: we need some violence we need some full, De- we need some blown. dexter which i'm right. i've never watched a second of dexter good
1: good we'll so. get into it
0: okay cool all right well uh thank you to everybody who's listening you can catch us on twitter at pilot study pod you can email us at pilotstudypod at gmail.com um grimes do you want to do your instagram plug real quick
1: my Instagram is
0: at Grimes John. You seem, you're laughing like people aren't going to go follow you. They're definitely they going to follow you. <laughs> they aren't,
1: but that's where you can see, you can put a handsome face to this sexy yeah. voice. <laughs> that's
0: right. That's right. And I think that's all for the plugs. Uh, you can that's catch it. us at modern-vinyl.com. Make sure to subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes. That really, really does help. And it gets us in those, um, it gets us just better classification on itunes like new and noteworthy even though we're not new anymore but uh, yeah so do all that keep listening please do it welcome to murder month we hope you enjoy it and here's a preview from our next episode
1: tonight's the night and it's going to happen again
0: and again has to happen Nice night.
1: Miami is a great town. I love the Cuban food. Pork sandwiches, my favorite. You never know what show they're gonna talk
0: about But they're only gonna talk about The first one And that's the premise behind Pilot's study
1: Oh, bummer.